Hey friends, welcome to Finally Out with Friends. My name is Ryan, my pronouns are he, him. And this is B, she, her, and together we hope to create a welcoming and safe space for anyone who needs to take a breath and finally be out with friends. Trigger warning. This episode deals with religion and cults. If these are topics you do not feel comfortable listening to or will upset you, take care of yourself and we will catch you in the next one. And today we have a final episode of Casey's story. I feel like mine was similar, like when I got kicked out of the, I didn't know what I wanted to do. So I joined the military and then I got kicked out and then I'm like, I don't know what to do. So I followed my friend to the religious university. And yeah, I think our friends that like definitely changed. I don't know if it was like, as I didn't really have any plans before. So it didn't really change in that way. Because honestly, I never thought I'd make it to 18. So I was like, I never really had any plans. But yeah, I'm not surprised that it like had so much like effect that it changed everything. Yeah, I mean, it's, I think I, uh, the the world was much more open to me before she died. And then it took a long time to feel open again. So prior to that, I was like, I want to go out of state to like the best college that I can go to. I want to study chemistry. I want to like, I want I, I remember looking through the school I wanted to go to, looking through their um, extracurricular activities. And I was like, oh, they've got a Buddhist club. Like I'm not a, a Buddhist, but I think I'm going to join that club and like learn about Buddhism. And I'm going to, oh, I'm going to do all these things. Uh, and then the world shrunk. It just really constricted and got so small when she died. And then it wasn't until um, 2009, it was years later, that the world opened up to me again. And I was like, okay, I actually cannot shrink myself this this small. And that was when I moved abroad for the first time. And like, I see that now as like, that was like my real college education was like the, the four years that I spent, the... the not four years, seven years that I spent living and working abroad where I was like, okay, this is what it's like to like leave, actually leave the nest and actually be exposed to some different worldviews and actually like let your world expand instead of just shrinking smaller and smaller and smaller every single day, which is what it was doing when I was really in college. So, um, you know, and no regrets. We get where we, we need to go. Sometimes it just takes a while and you end up being like, you know, 28 years old when you're finally like, okay, I think I might try like going on a date with someone. I think I might be able to stomach the the heartbreak of that not going well. So, I mean, it's just like they say, every person that comes into your life is a lesson for a reason. Mm-hmm. I mean, everything you choose, everything you do is a lesson for a reason, I think. Yeah. But I'm curious, when you were growing up, were your parents like pushing you Because I know, like, our parents' generation, or at least mine, you know, they were pushing for, you know, when you're done with high school, you jump straight into what you're supposed to be doing and and the career path you're supposed to go and stuff like that. And, of course, my mom, she personally didn't, neither did my dad. I certainly didn't either. But I know that that's something that, like, my parents pushed, too. Was that something that your parents also did, like, kind of? I think it was just always understood, you know, like, that you're going to go... I don't think there was a ton of pushing or even like guidance there because I was just always so, so academically motivated. And so like, I was always just like going to the next thing and the next thing. And um, I, 
yeah i don't know that i think they were they trusted me they were just sort of like okay we're gonna watch this unfold and then you know i started to make choices going to the college that i went to and then getting really involved in the church and they they gave me the like grace to figure those things out for myself but they did um you know they were paying attention and they were like oh yeah okay this is this is all interesting and they they both said later that like yeah we we think your like real education was when you moved overseas then yeah you know two years after graduation um my dad like after the fact he would say things like oh yeah my friend and i always thought you'd make a great doctor and i was like mm-hmm. me have you met me do you know how right. i am like <laughs> someone would come to me and i'd be like oh you have something wrong with your eye oh okay you have to go to someone else i can't help you with that i can't help you so uh you know like there's there's um that those were things that like i i cared about initially when he was like oh you're gonna you have to do something great and then i'm like we can define great however we want to define great and uh i'm happy you know the older you get the more you sink into your like yourself and your identity and you're like yeah i'm doing what i want to do with life and it took me as long as it took me to get where i am um you know great i feel like our generation is more like that yeah more people in our generation are even like waiting later to have kids or not have kids at all and and like with me with my kid i'm just like hey like you're free to do what you want and i know my mom kind of started that with me and my brother, but like overall, I know that that wasn't how it was for her. That's why I asked because I know as we're growing as generations, we are becoming more freer and most, most of us are like, you know, make the choices that you want to make. And we think it's great. You be who you want to be. Yeah. And I think that was my parents too. I mean, cause they, they like had kids later and stuff too. So there was never any sort of pressure like that. And then, you know, now they have plenty of grandkids from my brother. So there's never so any pressure on me, you know? So it's just like, you That's do good. whatever you want to do. And I'm like, okay, I got four cats. Is that cool? You're like, yeah. Oh, very cool. I remember when I first got my first dog, I was like, hey, mom, you got a grand dog How do you no, like that? I like it. <laughs> yeah. Grand dog yeah well and one of one of our cats it was a two-for-one deal you know because the cat showed up and then had a kitten russian doll situation there was a tiny cat inside another cat um Aww. so that's my grandchild you know and then like well, my parents have like great grand a great grandchild that's yes that's so funny I, I love that i'm not the only one that thinks like that when you're like our parents generation i'm like our parents are so much older than yours <laughs> Because uh, yours are Gen Xers. And now oh, your parents, boomer. Your parents are Gen Xers. Yeah, we're we got, we got boomers. Yeah, I think your not, parents are the same age like around year, my dad's age. I think what? my mom only missed it by a year, right? We looked at it, and it was only by like a year or two. Yeah, I don't know, but I don't know how old your dads are though. So my dads are on the same age as my mother. Okay. Both of them. Yeah. So. Gen X is like the forgotten generation. We talk about boomers and millennials all the time. Yeah. Like, oh, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Gen X. Huh. Yeah, there's one in between. I forget that too. I thought my mom was a boomer for a very long time. And so I looked it up. I think I looked it up like last week and I was like, oh, snap. Sorry, not sorry, though. <laughs> I mean, my mom's always been that beginning of the cycle breaker for our family personally. So mm-hmm. 
I always thought that was a good thing. So yeah, I think that's honestly where Gen X probably was doing their thing. They were trying to be cycle breakers in a lot of ways. Well, it's it's like every new generation is a response to the generation before. You know, we talk about that a lot with like parenting styles, like the Mm -hmm. generation that's super strict, and then the next generation might be like a little too lenient where you're like well you actually got to give them some yeah. guidance or else they're just gonna you know fall off the face of the earth. yeah um, but life my husband and i talk about that a lot life is a pendulum you know we swing too far to one side and then we sweet spot in the middle and then too far to the other side and you're like okay yeah. that's a good way to think about it i never thought about it that way i like that so it gives you hope when it's like really far to yeah. the side that you don't want it to be on. You're like, it's probably going to go the other way. So. Yeah. You can always equal back out. Yeah. Yeah. I like that. So earlier when you were saying like you had that moment at church where you're like, I'm done. And it reminded me of this song in it. And in, in the song, the person's like, if it wasn't God, it was me. Mm. And it just made me think of that. Cause I'm like, it was you. It wasn't God. You're like, well, that's okay. an interesting, yeah, that, that thing is interesting because um, a couple things. There's a TED Talk um, called My Stroke of Insight by Jill Bolt-Taylor, and she she's a brain scientist, but she's talking in there about her experience waking up and, like, she knows what's going on to her. She knows that she's, she's having a stroke, and so she's, like, trying to call for an ambulance, but she feels herself swinging between the hemispheres of her brain and the left hemisphere is like, okay, I dialed nine and uh, now I'm going to have to dial one, one. But then she swings over to the right side of her brain where she's just like overwhelmed by like, we're all connected. We're all one, you know? And it's like this cosmic experience that, um, that you can access right in your, in your own mind is what, my takeaway from that is, is that like, so we're so driven by the left side of our brain, which is, you know, logic and reason and like me, my, my drive, my quest to do things. But right there in your own head, you are, you have access to the whole consciousness. And um, my experience with that as well was like um, an experience taking ayahuasca, the plant medicine from South America. And um the knowings that I had during that experience, the things that I was hearing, the experiences that I was having. Um, I, as I was having them, I remember like I had heard other stories of people were talking about like, you know, hearing God's voice or, or Mother Aya. Um, and I was like, well, it sure sounds, it feels like it's me. But then I'm like, but then it is, you know, it's all like, even if it is just here in my head, it is like, that's, that's where, um, what was the lyric that you said from that song? Like, that's where... If it wasn't God, it was me. But, like, there's this this connectedness where I'm like, who knows from just within my own head, who knows what I can access in terms of the consciousness, in terms of a deeper connection with myself, which is, is that deeper connection with myself then, like, you know, connected to all of source or whatever. I don't know. Because, again, I love not knowing. So I embrace the question. Um, but... That, and that's why now looking back at that moment too and like that that knowing i'm like there was a time when i thought that was the voice of god and i'm like i think it it was me but who's to say that that's not the voice of god you know when you hear something that's like that deep and that true and coming up from like uh 
I don't know, my solar plexus, my belly button. I don't know where it came from, but it was just like, oh, filled your whole, the whole being was just like, yeah, you got to go. Like, you got to go now. Um, like that, that's divine to me because it did save me. It did get me out of the situation that 100% needed to be out of. I think it's great that you had one of those deep realizations of where you were like, nope, something's not right. This is done. Yeah. Yeah, because it's hard to keep gaslighting yourself after that. It's impossible, right. you know, and right. you can, the, the ability to gaslight yourself, you know, especially when other people are doing it to you. Uh, oh, absolutely. Too. Yeah, it's like nothing can argue with that. Nothing can argue with like a knowing that is just like you feel it all the way into those bones and yeah. I feel like that's a good lesson for everybody to remember. Got to listen to yourself sometimes too. That's yeah. so important. Not just following the, the crowd or whatever. Because your voice has to be heard, even if you're the only one listening. Absolutely. So this is unrelated, but did she call 911? <laughs> uh, yeah, she did. She, That's good. She, I think she had to like, um, uh, I don't know if she was calling. She, I feel like she was calling a... a Oh, I feel like there were more digits. Maybe she was calling the hospital. I'm not sure. But I know that she had, like, I think she had one finger pointing, keeping track of the number. And so she, as she was swinging back and forth between hemispheres, she, I mean, she got through the stroke and then she was on stage giving a TED Talk about it and wrote a book about it. So, like, she got there. But it's just so crazy yeah. to, like, have that experience and actually know what's going on, you know, instead of just being like, did someone slip something in my morning coffee like why am i having this encounter with consciousness what's what yeah, i'm not gonna lie i wrote it down to listen to <laughs> yeah i'm i'm reminding myself that i should listen to it again too because she she does hold a brain at the beginning which is pretty freaky that i'm like whoa i have a hard time looking at that because again i would be a terrible doctor because i'm very <laughs> i was just thinking that like, I don't know why your dad thought that would be a good idea. I know. Like, it's like you don't even know me, you know? Like, it, it, just because you might have the brains to get through med school doesn't mean you can survive. Like, you can do it. Life. Yeah. Right? <laughs> That's funny. What a way to make an entrance, though. Like, today yeah. we're going to talk about me having a stroke, and here's a brain. Not yeah. mine, though, but yeah. it's a brain. Yeah, that's... It's just a very wild thing to see. Honestly, it sounds like something I would do just to make a dramatic entrance. Would it gross me out? Oh, yeah. Totally. Totally would gross me out. <laughs> but it's about making the entrance. Yeah. <laughs> I understand that. I respect that. So is there anything else you'd like to add? I think we covered it all. I think that was like, I don't think there's any more really intense experiences waiting to be unearthed like that whole um there's something at the retreat that the devil's trying to keep you from i think i got all the the junk out so oh the one thing i said to you uh, before we started recording was like if you find yourself alone in your dorm room googling signs i'm in a cult uh you probably can just stop googling right there the fact that i'm searching for this probably means that like some red flags are waving and uh i'm looking for something that i'm going to read and be and justify why it's not me and be like oh see right. i didn't i didn't check all the boxes there was 
there was only six out of seven. Um, so if you, and that's probably true in other areas of life. If you find yourself asking wow. a question, you already know the answer to it. Absolutely. Oh yeah, like am I trans? Am I gay? Like oh yes. am I, I in a relationship? Is this abusive? Is this gaslighting? Yes. If you're questioning it, listen to yourself. I agree with that one hundred percent. Yeah. Yeah. That's so true. When you were talking about the pilgrimage, it reminded me of uh, when I was at the Christian University, we had to go on this like weekend and like B always brings it up because we had to kill a chicken or some part of it. It blew my mind. You have no idea. I was <laughs> so like, I don't know what it is about religion and weird stuff, but I don't know. It's just weird. It is. It is weird. To have to kill a chicken in a or carrying a canoe in the backpack. That, that blew my mind. And yeah, having um, people carry. So what I don't what what's killing me about the pilgrimage part is like, wouldn't you want to also teach people to work together? And because that's how life works. Sometimes you got to work together to do things. But instead, like you said, it's like they're trying to break you down as a person by making you do such a difficult thing. And like with Rye, it was like they had to literally kill a chicken and then cook it for the next class. I'm sorry, what? <laughs> yeah, I, still don't, I don't understand these religious things. Yeah, it's, it's like it's so disconnected from the source material, too. That's what's so interesting to me, where I'm just like, I I just don't know how you get there from... I mean, I think there's a lot that, that that's true about, sure. But, like, I don't know. I just keep coming back to, like, Jesus flipping tables, you know? And I'm like, and the things that, that he was saying as he was flipping tables, the things that were important to him, in his messages at that time and then we go 2000 years into the future and we're like okay so what does that mean well it means first off that like people can't be gay for sure um also people have to be able to kill chickens and carry canoes and um let's see what else can we add to the list you know and it's just I've used the table, it sounds like i mean man if it was me if if it was me that they had gotten my words and teachings like that wrong that twisted i'd be like seriously like i'm gonna have to come back there and say it all over again because you're all just like willfully missing the point personal interpretation is such a thing i've noticed i my my bio dad he used to use religion in his own way shape and form like he would read the bible and then he would pick and choose what he thought was the best parts from it as he was a chronic pothead as he didn't keep a steady job as he uh, was just doing all of these things that it's like okay but that's definitely against the ten commandments but i guess you do you bro is that type of thing it's just all personal interpretation yeah well and um it's almost like playing telephone. Too. It's like, uh, I mean, I think just in general, the recipe for happiness in life is to look at what, what you can do yourself. Like look at the, the changes that you can make. If you want to make them, make them within yourself. But unhappiness, the recipe for unhappiness is looking at the other and being like, well, they are wrong for this. I need to change them for this reason. You know, I need to go out and 
Well, and then that's like my experience with evangelism, you know, was like, it certainly didn't make me happy and probably contributed a lot to my general level of anxiety, having to go around and like convert people, you know, because do people want to be converted? No. And are you, it's just, is this the best use of your energy or is there some aspect of yourself that you could like focus on instead, you know? And I don't mean like beating yourself up about like, oh, I have to be more perfect. I mean, like coming to a more perfect level of self-acceptance and uh, self-trust and um, worthiness, belonging, whatever, all that kind of stuff. Just worry about yourself. Yeah. I think a lot of religions definitely don't focus on that part. Worry about yourself. Take care of yourself. It's more like, uh, break yourself down so we can form you to be what we need you to be. Again, not all religions, not all churches, but some are definitely like that. Yeah. Now I'm going to be thinking about the chicken story again all day. It's been a while since I've thought about that. And now it's all just going to be my whole brain today. Imagining you with that chicken. It's so wild. I I mean, because... That's just like there there are Christians that are vegetarians. I'm sure they don't need to be able to kill chicken. I had never heard of anything like that. I was like, if it was like a farming school, something like that, I get it. Mm-hmm. But an actual like Christian based school, I still ah, I still chew that one up so much. I don't get it. I'm never Wait, gonna you, get it, and that's okay. We but... started in the winter, so we didn't. I can't remember if we built a shelter, but we didn't have to sleep outside because there was still snow on the ground. But the ones that started at the beginning of the school year, they had to like build shelters and sleep outside. And we just got to sleep in the farmhouse or whatever. But I'm like, I don't know what this has to do with being a Christian or anything. (laughs) But it was a required class. Uh Uh-oh. Hi. Well. I highly encourage you to go listen to that episode, though. Yeah, that it's, sounds... It's interesting. I will check it out. That sounds uh, like this, the stuff that will haunt your dreams. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't feel like it was uh, probably as traumatic as uh, yours, but yeah, it's definitely interesting. I think we shouldn't com- uh, uh, compare traumas because... Valid. Everybody will perceive their trauma differently. Oh, for sure. Mm-hmm. I mean, in mine, I, I stuffed it down there so far that I, I forget about it all the time. I'm like, oh my God, yeah, they like yelled at us and made us carry these canoes around. And I, you know, and there's parts of it that I just laugh at now because I'm like, I was commended for being so good at it. I'm like, what? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, what can you do? You, you laugh, cry, or you suffer. You got to find somewhere in yeah. between to settle with it. Yeah. It's true. But I know I personally really appreciate, first of all, meeting you. Like, this is thrilling to me because we've been talking about this for so long. But I'm really glad that you were able to come on and we were able to talk about this. And I hope that you take some time at some point today, tomorrow, whenever you have the chance to uh, do a little extra self-care if needed. Because I'm sure talking about it is... Well, I'm thinking about the, like hypnosis track i'm gonna listen to tonight or tomorrow just to be like okay let's go back to the safe place yeah (laughs) that was but i i'm so appreciate the opportunity because it's like if if it can be helpful to anyone if there's anything here that like someone would listen to and be like 
you know, have, have something open up for them, a path out, or even just like permission to trust themselves in their knowing, you know, I appreciate like, as you were saying about the things you guys were Googling as well, you know, and like, I just think that that message is so important about um, like stop torturing yourself and just admit that you know the answer that you you think you're seeking it but you know it come on just admit it you can do it yeah so i think it's great that's, uh, that's our I hope also for this podcast. yeah that like if we can reach one person that's good enough for us then it was yeah. successful that's that i feel the same way with my uh writing where i'm like one person that's it that's all it needs it doesn't need to be a massive bestseller i just need one person honestly i think that's a good way to think because it could be the one person that gets the assessment that they need to become something that could change the world yeah exactly exactly it's like that's just um we we all are doing our little part you know to put something positive into existence that can uplift So since we have a guest, we decided we would have our guest do a pets or people this week. Yeah. Okay. Well, let's see what comes out because I have a lot of pets. And as you <laughs> we talked about before, it's like, of course, the choice immediately is the pet. Yeah. Yeah. They We, we doubled them twice. So first we just had one and then um, our second cat needed a home. He was, he was living somewhere else, but he... Uh, had some very naughty behaviors with a lot of inappropriate pooping and so we were like well we need to save him before he gets dropped someplace that we don't want him to be uh so he that was a trial like first we just had him outside but he stayed very close again knew he was it was a safe place nobody was going to yell at him and then when we finally brought him inside this i'm like if i ever write a children's book it will be about this cat because the redemption story of his inappropriate pooping to now being the tidiest animal I've ever met. I'm like, like he, okay, I should have told you this story. He knocked over his water dish one time and then like ran up the stairs to watch. And he was watching me as I was cleaning up the water and some water had fallen into the litter box. So I wiped up the water on the stairs. And then he came down the stairs, saw the water in the litter box and started covering it up. And I'm like, this is the cat that was like shitting all over the place. And now he's like, oh my gosh. let me cover that up or, you know. And then the, the last two were a friendly, a very friendly cat who we started to really like her. And she, we were feeding her because she, um, someone else had been feeding her but then had left. And then uh, one day I didn't see her for 16 hours. When she appeared again, she looked real skinny. And we were like, wait a second. Was there, was there someone else in there with you? Uh, so found where she had left her one kitten, just a tiny little one, one litter kitten. And then, um, eventually one day she just brought that kitten inside. So I was like, okay, that we doubled them. So it went from one to two and two to four. And I'm like, we can't double them again because that's eight cats. <laughs> that is, that's, that would be quite a group, it's especially in a two bedroom. This way we can carry them all between the two of us, but yeah. Enough arms. I hope you write that book about your male cat because that's the type of children's book I would read to my child. Yeah, about the appropriate. Yeah, you would read it to herself. 
I would probably, I'm not going to lie. I probably would read it to myself too, but <laughs> it's a good, like you said, it's a good lesson one. If we, we, oh, if, if you have a, the right tools, you know, anyone can be successful. That's the absolutely. Moral that, um, that almost feels like a situational thing though. Cause a lot of cats, they react when they're acting out. It's because a situation they don't like, or they're sick. So they could have yeah. been in, in just a terrible environment or home or whatever. Yeah. So again, this still falls back to you are there safe. Oh, you knew I was talking about you. He's here now. The <laughs> just arrived. <laughs> the now, the now uh, clean kitty. Yes. Sweet Mr. baby. Tidy boy. Okay, you're leaving again? Okay, bye. Thanks for the visit. Aww, I love that. Oh, that's so sweet. Well, we appreciate you sharing your pets or people. Yes, thank you. I was wondering how you went from one cat to four, so that. <laughs> Thanks, Casey. We really appreciate your pets or people and for being our first guest on the show. Thank you for listening to today's episode. We have a list of resources and hotlines for some of the topics we will touch upon in our podcast. If you have any you would like to share with us, ones that you have used yourself, or even ones that you just have knowledge of, let us know so we can get it added to our blog post on finallyoutwithfriends.com. We are also looking for submissions for pets or people, which can be made anonymously. We'd like just a little story of an animal or a person who made your day in some way. You can also submit that on our website under the link Pets or People. We would appreciate if you would subscribe, rate, and review our show on your preferred listening platform to get that podcast out to more people. But as always, no pressure. Here at Finally Out with Friends, we see you, we celebrate with you, and we love you. Take care of yourself, drink your water, and take your meds.